The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chief, some host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. On Thursday, the Chiefs returned to the practice field ahead of their Week 15 matchup against the New England Patriots. We heard from defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo, offensive coordinator Matt Nagy, and special teams coordinator Dave Tobe. We'll go in that order, starting with Spags, followed by Matt Nagy, and then after that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, we'll wrap things up with Dave Tobe. Here's the Chiefs' defensive coordinator. All the media came over for Maria. Um, yeah. That was a, uh, and then I know I got I got a small apartment here in Kansas City, but we could probably fit it in here. We could probably fit it in here. I'll work on that. I'll work on. And when I did that early on, I didn't ask for anything in return. I wasn't looking for anybody to be nice or anything because I knew that wasn't going to work, right? But we did do that. I thought I thought it was really good. I I enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. I'll have to I'll have to let Andy know that. <laughs> I'll have to tell Andy. I'll know that Serendia. I'll give I'll put give him a little note. All right, I really don't have anything. I'm fired up to get out there. We we got to keep grinding away. We want to get better. Uh, certainly early in the games, and hopefully we can do that in this one. Steve Buffalo did a lot of taking guys out of the backfield, kind of avoiding the uh, blitzes and everything that yeah. you present to them. Uh, just what are you trying to do to kind of correct those? This is a simple thing or just something we're like, oh, Well, there was one that I tipped my hat off to them that they they had seen, and it would have been, even if we did it exactly right, would have been a tough down to defend. They probably would have got, you know, 10, 12 yards. There was one or two others in there of what you're talking about that we just didn't operate like we should have. We could have taken that away and made them, you know, throw it down, check down, load the touchdown, the first touchdown one. I think we can defend that one and what we were in. Um but, you know, sometimes, and there, there are some things that we do, and I know it when I call it, that can be a little risky, but it's a risk-reward, right? There's a lot of those that, we, that you may or may not know that end up being really good for us because it's challenging for them. But I give them credit on uh, the, at least the one particular play I'm thinking of. It was a good scheme by them for something that they saw. So we'll get that corrected. I tell you what, I see a really good, efficient football player that can move the ball. I mean, um, and then I was watching one of the TV games because sometimes I put the TV games on to, to hear the – and uh, he's won football games for them. I think they're doing the right things with them. I mean, to me, when they've got that – either of those running backs going, I think their quarterback becomes really pretty good. Uh, and I know they've had injuries at wide out and kind of – 
but those two tight ends now that, that are both healthy, I think they can be a, a little bit of a stress on us. We've got to be cautious of that. We probably haven't played. Uh, I'd have to think back at the teams we played, but these two tight ends as pass catchers are as good a twosome as I think we've faced. Well, it's not a difference emphasis because I'm always talking about that. I, you know, when you, when teams are can be two dimensional, it makes it tough on us. We're always talking about killing the engine. The engine to us is the running back. You know, I mean, we gotta we gotta make sure that they don't get him going, and they certainly they won't give up on trying to do that. We understand that, Coach Belichick best in the business. He understands it. Their defense is terrific. Um, I told the guys the other day that we need to match or be better than their defense to help our team win. And, and, part, and, and a lot of that is, is early in the game because we just don't want to be Patrick to be having to go out in the middle of the second quarter down 14 points. I mean, that's, that's tough on any offense. Um, but they're challenging because they play as a team. They win as a team. They find ways to win. And and you're 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 on to something. I mean, if we don't bow up and play a physical game to match their physicality, they'll make it tough. Through the lens of your long uh, coaching career, just how rare is it to have uh, two cornerbacks and what Seen and McDuffie have been able to, to do this year? To do to how versatile they are. Yeah, pretty unique. Uh, and that's credit to both of those guys. Like we haven't had to play LJ inside as much, and you guys all know he can do that. As a matter of fact, we just walk through a couple of snaps with him in there just in case, right? You get the injury situation. But Trent gives us a lot of flexibility. And, and you saw it last week. Um, Chamari Connor is coming on. You know, we, we, we knew it would, was going to be a little bit of a slow process. But anytime we're able to put him in there and keep those two guys outside is good for us. We don't always do it because uh, we like to get the other guys out there too. But having versatility, you know, in any group, but especially in the secondary is big. Can you highlight the interception, his interception? Can you just take us through that, what he did really well? Yeah, he, um, well, he was in man, and, uh, and, and one of the other defenders cut his guy, and he came off it, and he was supposed to play with eyes, which he did. He found an available hole, and I don't think uh, you know, Josh Allen saw him because he was coming from the backside. It was a really good play. It was where he was supposed to be eventually. At first, it looked a little shaky, but, but then he got there. <laughs> Well, he was actually doing his job on that one. Um, I couldn't give him a plus on that. Yeah. <laughs> he was doing his job. If he hadn't done that, he would have been in trouble. Facing Juju, Smith Schuster, you know what you remember from facing. I love Juju. He's he's an elite competitor. LJ and I were talking about that in Trent, and uh, he's still playing good football. And you know he'll be hungry, right? It's his former team. Didn't we face a wideout? Who did we face this year that? Or maybe I'm thinking of M. Tyreek. Yeah, Tyreek was one. Yeah, McCall originally in with the Jets. Yeah, but I think uh, I, I I loved Juju when he was here. Uh, I hope he doesn't play real well this week. Uh, but I but I'm always rooting for him. What's the most frustrating about facing the team three and ten? Obviously, they're out of the playoff race. But when you look at you know people say this could be a get back game for the Chiefs. Well, I'm pretty sure Pittsburgh thought that after losing Arizona. Yeah, no, we I, we don't ever talk in those yeah. terms like. It's not go play somebody and get healthy and get good. It, you can't. I mean, with a New England Patriot team, I would never think that way. I, I wouldn't. I don't really care what their record is. And, and quite honestly, all we do is, you know, defensively is focus on the eleven guys on offense or however many they put out there that we have to go against. Our job's never going to change. I mean, it's it's deny points on the board, right, so that our offense can get some and win the football game. But we got too much respect for. 
coaches there, the players there, what they do. I've seen them move that football now, and that's what we can't have happen. Coach, we just talked to Nick Bolton, and he says he doesn't feel like he's in full condition yet. But yet, you know, mentally, the the guy knows the game. Oh, and yeah. whatever. So yeah. how did you see him come out, and are you seeing him take the next step in practice? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's a little banged up, and I, I feel it's unfortunate for Nick because, you know, you get – you know, he had the ankle, right, and then, and then the wrist. And it's just been one of those years for him. Uh, and he's fighting through some other bumps and bruises that you get when you haven't played, and then all of a sudden you go and play in a game. Uh, we tried to spell him. You probably saw in there that Jack went in early. That was planned uh, because you don't want to get we, – we wanted to make sure, and it did get to – I think we were in the low 70s for plays. And if that happened, we want him fresh at the end because we need all our guys at the end of the game. But he, he's getting there. Um, he, he answered, probably answered better than I could, but we love having him in there because of what he does in managing the game for us. Uh, Steve, two guys kind of in the reserve role right now, but Neil Farrell and Mike Pinnell, just what are they doing right now in practice and how might their opportunity yeah, come well, later in the year? Joe and I talked about that. I mean, part of that is we feel like the guys that have been out there have done a pretty solid job. I mean, um, but we always have our eye on that, and at any time that can change. And we just, you know, a guy like Mike's been in it a long time, and Neil's been around, and, you know, probably not easy for them because they've played. They've been in games, right? But they, they still work. They work really hard, and they're just waiting for that opportunity when, hey, we say you go in there and do it, and then they, they got to step up and be who we think they can be. That would be really important. Yeah. All right, you got it. Enjoy. All right, go ahead. Fire away. <laughs> well, geez, don't <laughs> well, I don't mean that in a bad, not not in a bad way. Okay. Matt, uh, just there's a couple plays where it seemed like the communication at the line of scrimmage was a little off between you know Pat. Just kind of walk us through those plays, and you hope that this isn't an occurrence. That's now we're in December. You, you hate to see it happen like that. Yeah, yeah. You definitely don't want. Um, you want to be able to get up to the line of scrimmage and play as fast as you can. You you have those um, sometimes when. Things happen in a game, uh, whether it's over the course of time or you look back at different situations. Um, you got different guys coming in at different times. You want to reduce those to to a minimum or to nothing. So, we had a few of those, and um, you know, I think the biggest thing is making sure that we we understand. Okay, listen, if we're gonna have different guys coming in and out of the huddle um, each play, uh, we want to make sure that we as coaches are are practicing that as much as possible, and those guys are doing it then on game day, and so that when we get up to the line of scrimmage. It's clean, it's sharp, there's no confusion. And you have that uh, being you know, completely clear, you have that all the time, more than probably you think, um, but you just don't want to have the ones where you're crossing the ball or you're communicating and just the clock's ticking down and now you feel like you're fast on, on the play. And we had a few of those that we want to make sure, and that's, that's my job is to make sure that, hey, whatever's going on communication-wise um, during the week in practice and then on game day, that that's clean, you know, and, and we got to learn through that. Coach Cardarius, Tony just talked this in there. Are you working with him this week the way maybe you did with Jawan Taylor? You know, this is where you need to be, be mindful of it. Is that kind of being stressed this week? Yeah, it was early on, and he knows it continues. But he also, um, I think it's a good teaching moment for all of us, uh, for, for me as a, as a coordinator, um, for all of us as coaches, for KT. Um, 
obviously none of it was intentional. And I think that's the frustrating part for, for all of us is in a moment like that. You know that KT didn't do that, um, you know, maliciously or intentional. And it's, it was, a, you know, it's a big moment in the game. But it is what it is, and we got to learn from that. Uh, if we don't use this lesson to make us better, and it doesn't just have to be being offsides on offense. It's just in general the rules of the game and making sure that um, we lock in on that and we, we understand it and use it to our benefit. But at the same point in time, um, you know, when the guys got back in the next day and we talked as a group and unit, um, we're in this thing together. This isn't about one person losing and winning the game. And I think that's probably the biggest message is, um, is that when we have an opportunity to win a game, whether it's in the first quarter um, or whether it's in the fourth quarter to finish it, whether it's four minute or two minute, behind or winning. We need to do that. We need to finish it. And um, we can get caught up in being off sides and, and the play that was taken back, but let's not get caught up on second and 15, third and 15, and fourth and 15. We have a chance with a minute 12, um, two timeouts down three. We're going to, at worst, tie the game. We need to go down there and win the game. And we didn't do that. And, and that's how I think... Um, that's the thing that we got to take from this is if we want to be a championship Super Bowl level team, that's got to be a mindset of finishing. And, you know, and it's a, it's not a criticism. It's just where we're at. And we got, so we, you know, we've been through this where we, um, we start fast, we get leads, jets, um, dolphins, and, and then we don't finish. Or we get behind the last three weeks, 14, nothing, 14, three, 14, nothing. And we get behind. We don't. We don't start fast. We have a chance to finish, and we didn't do it. So that's the stuff that we're. Let's dig into that, and let's understand now. When we don't have penalties, when we don't have turnovers, um, when we execute like we did at the end of the first half, and the start of the third quarter last week, we're a pretty good football team offensively, and we help our defense and special teams out. Let's take that first part of the year, the second part of where we're at now, and let's put it all together. These next four games, starting with New England. And let's get a win. And everything else will take care of itself. But we need to be hard on ourselves as coaches. The players need to do it. And this is where I think real leaders step up. And this is where it's, it's about us. It's not about anybody else. And if, if you can't be a professional about this as a coach or and as a player, you shouldn't be in this, in, in this profession. Okay, I want to follow up on that note. I know you talked about, you know, it's no one's fault as it relates to being outside. I know Patrick was asked yesterday, about accountability, mm -hmm. and uh, you know that was something I asked him about EB, and he said that he held him accountable. When you look at the drops, lead the league in drops mm -hmm. at 33. Who was holding, i.e., the coaches or the players accountable, so those drops don't continue to increase? That has an adverse effect on how the team is playing, and you know, to win the loss. Yeah. No. Well, number one, it starts with me making sure that I, as an offensive coordinator, make sure that these players um, know that they're accountable. Um, whether that's in practice, getting more catches, whether it's a mindset, uh, it starts with me. So I, I got to make sure that, that uh, we're doing that. Uh, we as coaches, and that's me coaching the coaches as well and us doing it together. The players need to do it as well. Um, and, and again, uh, it's, it's uh, f for me more than anything, it has been. You know, we started out at the beginning of the year. We talked about it, and it, it naturally goes away. But it's still happening, and, and so we got to make sure that uh, we talk about it. We do everything we can to fix it. And so I can't tell you anything other than we need to just keep making sure that we emphasize it. And then when they get an opportunity to catch the ball, they do it, and we do it. We handle it the right way. Yeah, go ahead. For, for, for people who are listening to see the first, 
what does that accountability look like when you, when you, when you, go, when you say, like, when you're saying you're holding the players, coaches, what, does, what does that look like? Yeah, there's discussions um, in the building. Uh, and again, I'm not going to get into how or, or, or what. I mean, there's, and I, you know, you mentioned EB. I have so much respect for EB. He's, a, he's one hell of a coach. And there's so many coaches in this league that have different coaching styles of how they handle and how they do things. And, and, um, and so I would just say that our coaches on staff and, and myself and Coach Reed, every player is different on how they handle um, being coached. And so there's a little bit of that, too, with how you handle certain guys. Some, some can handle tough criticism. Others can't. So there's a feel to it. And, but in the end, we got to make sure that the product out there is, is uh, scoring touchdowns and winning football games. Along the drop side of things, you know, there's a tendency always to whoever the star player is, well, let's turn to him. He, he needs to do it. Like, and so it seems to always come around, well, Pat's got to do a little bit more. You worry that there's a frustration level that comes with him when, when guys are dropping. I mean, you're number one in drops, and so that, that's an issue, and that there's a tendency to think, well, Pat's going to come save the day, and even more gets put on, on his plate. Yeah, I, I, I understand the question, and I think um, it's probably natural when you just said, I mean, the simple fact of the matter is is that we do lead the league in drops, so you can start there. So now, when are the drops coming? Why are they coming? There's certain reasons to that, and I think Pat uh, wants to make sure that he can do everything he can to win the game, and if that means that he gets frustrated because um, he feels like he, he has to do more or whatever, that's probably a little bit natural, but at the same point in time, I don't think that's why. I think that he's, for him, he just wants to win however we do it and however he can help doing it. Um, we, we believe in all these guys, and we understand that um, there's, he's got to be a leader too in this moment. And, and like, how can we make sure that he's doing everything possible as well? You said leader. Is there, listen, he always comes out here. He never throws anybody under the bus. He always says he needs to play better. Mm -hmm. TV, we don't see him go after guys. We've, we've seen Tom Brady go after teammates. Yeah. Is there a time and place where Pat is the guy that needs to hold somebody accountable? That if Pat blows up on somebody, maybe that would be the, the thing that needs Well, to I think he does a good job at that, honestly. And I, there's there's a lot that everybody sees on Sunday or whenever the game is, and you see that, that moment for three hours. But there's so much more that goes on behind the scenes um, that you don't get to see, that we do get to see. And um, I think respectfully, that's probably one of Pat's strengths is he's so good at being able to lead without having to show a million different ways of how he does it for three hours on game day. I think you felt his, uh, his emotion and passion for the love of the game. Um, he came out the next day and, and said he wished he would have handled it differently. The emotions are real in, in the moment. It's hard. It's not easy. Uh, you know, so many people talk about the 24-hour rule. When you lose, you say things and you, you do things you probably wish you didn't do or say. And But can you accept it and be able to, to uh, move on from it and learn? And I think the leadership-wise, there's, there's no better leader than Patrick Mahomes. And um, I mean that. I really mean that. Like, he does it in different ways. And no one has a better feel than Pat of understanding the differences of how you handle one person versus another. Like, you might be able to handle yelling and screaming, and I might not be able to. Pat understands that. Some people don't understand that. And so I think, like, as a leader in whatever sport, whatever thing you do, do you have that feel and that instinct? And he has it. And, and it's not always on three hours on Sunday. We've heard a lot of talk about this lining up offsides thing. We all know that the receiver's supposed to look over and do that. But organizationally, as a, as a group of coaches, you guys have a lot of coaches. During the game, do you have someone, quality control person or something, kind of looking 
at those things too, counting 11 guys in the field, doing those type things? What is that? How does that work mechanically during the game? We do. We, we, um, the counting of the players is, is a must. You have to have that in all phases, offense, defense, and, and usually special teams a lot. So you have that. Um, and if you have, you get into the whole alignment thing. I mean, that's that's something that I think the communication between the referees and players usually is pretty good, and, and it's it's back and forth. So um, in the moment, me not so much just with my role and what I'm doing, but we do have guys that are always on that kind of stuff. And again, like, you know, I've been a part of it as a head coach too where you have – you have discussions with the, the referees in between timeouts or during the game. Hey, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm giving you a warning. Tell him to get back. If he doesn't, I'm going to call flag. You have that all the time. So, um, you know, I think that's a credit to the refs. They do a good job with that, and we have people on our side that do it as well. Last two, Adam and Pete. Yep. You talked a minute about the early deficits you've got. Yeah. 14, 11, and 14. What kind of impact has that had, you feel like, on your play calling? Does that change things to any significant way? Um. Well, yeah, I mean, you get, you're down 14 to nothing in the first quarter last week. Um, yeah, but, you know, I think more than anything, we keep going back to reducing penalties, reducing turnovers, and watch what happens, right? If you just do that. We have four penalties and a turnover in the first half last week. Um, when we didn't have a penalty, uh, when we didn't turn the ball over, we were pretty effective in the red zone. Good things happened. We scored. We creep back into the game to the moment we talked about when we first started in here to have a chance to finish. So are we starting games? Are we finishing? Um, we've been doing both. Let's put it together like we did against the Chargers. Let's put it together like we did against the Bears. And let's see what happens when we do that, complement it with the defense, complement it with special teams. The beauty is is we're 8-5 and five and we've, we've built a, uh, an opportunity for us to worry about New England right now. And, and get back on the winning track. And they are one great, great defense. We haven't even talked about them. This is a really, really good defense. And uh, I mean, the, their numbers speak for themselves. So we got to lock in on that. We're, we've, I know we're back here talking about all the KT stuff, but we have to teach that and move on. And that's where we're at. Um, this might be a silly question, but on the cross field lateral, um, like, is that just a once in a lifetime, like, hey, don't do that again, I'm glad it worked, or is that like a viable X's and O's maybe advantage? You know, Andy has kind of said that he works on that stuff. So, like, how okay are you with that being like a semi-regular type of move? You know? Yeah. Um, if if the moment is where he's that wide open, um, there's probably not many people that are going to do that other than Kelsey um, to start. That said, um, what's crazy, and and I, I always remember when you know when Coach started saying that um, this really started to take course here was was doing this in practice and training camp all the time. It's a, it's a beautiful technique that being able to practice that. And sometimes you take it for granted. It starts because it makes people hustle to the ball to block and to be a part of it. Um, but then sometimes when, you're, when you do that and you travel towards the ball, that happens, then you have Kelsey throwing you the ball. Not many people will do it. You can think probably all of us in here of Kelsey doing two or three of those for real. Um, and so uh, when it works, you're like, keep doing it. When it doesn't, so you, you say never do it again. But Kels understands. I mean, that's just what he has. And so uh, it would have been a, a beautiful play to end on. Again, they were going to get the ball back, but um, that's, that's that with, with Kels. Thank you, everybody. All right, take Kels care. Hey, Dave, um, seems like the Bills were begging you to run back kickoffs the other night. Uh, so why didn't you take them up on it? Well, uh, like I said before uh, during the week, I, you know, I, they were probably the best kickoff team that I've seen. Um, you know, and they take pride in pinning people deep. Um, they have a lot of players. Um, we just felt 
you know, game plan wise, I felt like um, if we returned four of them and two of them were inside the, the 20, I mean, it's not worth it, you know, for our kick, for our offense. So we, we, we just took the ball to 25. Um, is that completely? That's just, it's game decide? to game. It's game to game, you know. Uh, per, but, but in this case, you decided it before. Yeah, we decided it before. Now, now there, there was certain kicks that if, you know, obviously if we would have got them, we would have. We would have took them out, but they just kept giving that same type of kick, and it just, you know, wasn't not something we wanted to do in that game. What's that mean for him? Like, when does he identify that type of kick balls? Uh, it's really placement, like? hang time, and placement. Yeah. You know where it's going to be, uh, what we have called. You know, you don't want to return a ball that's away from your call. You know, that type of stuff. Without getting too detailed of it, you know. Patriots special teams. I think that was earlier this year they had the unusual block on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of creativity there. They do. They have a lot of creativity, and it's over the years, you know, of playing those guys. You know, it's, you know, obviously it starts with, you know, Coach Belichick, you know, with his background, special teams, and they're going to be always strong there as far as personnel goes and uh, design. They have all kinds of stuff that they do, and it's really specific to the team that they play. And it's, um, you know, you never know what you're going to get, so you have to be ready for everything. And, but that was a, certainly a good, well-designed play that ended up working out for him. Hey, Dave, just a sort of historical thing I'm working on. Uh, you first met Spags in El Paso? Yeah, because he was friends He was friends with, well, no, I first met Spags at Springfield. Oh, you did? Yeah, we went to school together oh, yeah, right. at Springfield right. College. You knew him there. Yeah, okay. yeah, I knew him then. And, but you... Were you, you same years? Uh, he was two years older than me. Two years older. Okay. Yeah, but we we played together. I was there for you know my freshman and sophomore year before I transferred. And that's okay. And then by the time he came to El Paso, though, he was coming to see. He was coming. He was friends with T. Lander and had yeah. coached with some other guys, and, and and then was coming down. Then he was already coaching. Do we underrate a little bit the way all this, all you guys sort of you, um, you helped Andy come into El Paso? <laughs> Spags at El, I mean, how much is El Paso part of the nexus here? Yeah, El Paso was a, it was a big connection, you know, down there. And, uh, you know, and, and it's credit to Bob Stahl putting that staff together, you know, and, and all the, the great coaches that we had. El Paso's the capital of the football world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows that. I guess all sports for the purposes. I know the owners' meetings have been taking place this weekend. I know Troy Vincent yep. uh, talked about yesterday how they're – Essentially looking to somewhat eliminate the kickoff because of the lack. I know it's like about 20% of the returns yeah. and stuff. Uh, I've not talked to you about it before the season about how the XFL does their, does their kickoff. Are you, do you still kind of, what's your feeling on what they're discussing? I don't, I don't think they're ever going to take it away. I think they'll have different, you know, they, I'm on the committee. I'm on, yeah. I'm on those guys that's on that committee. And I know Troy doesn't want to take kickoff away. You know, I know that's not what he, that's not his, his goal. You know, I mean, he, he understands that it's becoming a, a play that people fair catch, and it doesn't. It's not an important play. It doesn't seem like that to fans. It's boring, but um, you know the XFL rule would would put coaching back into the you know into the play because now you got to every kick you got to cover and and tackle. So that, that that's definitely something that we're going to look at, and you know it could be, possibly come down to that maybe next year or the year after. You know we're definitely going to look at it. Dave, there's been a lot of. Good- you know, discussion about the penalty at the end of the game the other day with the Darius line up offsides. Are there little keys in what you guys do in special teams where you have to every single play remind someone, you know, like being every time on kickoff we have to have our foot on the thirty four yard line. You know, and and if you're not on the thirty four yard line you get a penalty. So I mean oh, those 
uh, you know, and on kickoff return, we have to have eight players inside, you know, the setup zone, you know, on, on, on kickoff. Has to. You know, one guy's out, boom, you get a flag. So, I mean, you know, those things are, are it's a constant uh, coaching. You remind obviously, like every single time you guys, you just have to kind of be on that. Cause you have yeah, you're looking, you're looking at it. Time. We check each other, uh, you know, every time. Yeah, it's important. Dave, you said Shamari Connor, you know, the guy that you might miss some time on. Now that you see him get an interception, he makes some contributions, you think you can get him less maybe this week? Uh, I hope I get him for the rest of the season. I hope that's the case. Uh, but, yeah, he's a good football player. He's going to get more and more on defense. I mean, in fact, he got 62 plays last game, you know, if you, if you add up everything with the – because I have to look at that all the time, how, how much is a guy getting. He was the most. So – if that continues, I'm going to have to pull him back. Because right now he's a four-phase guy. for He plays on everything right now for me. And, and, and that may be something I have to do. Last one. Anybody? Thank you. All right, thanks, guys. Hey, see you later.